Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now... Today's podcast. Today's story is by Mario Fuentes. It's number 15 in Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. And it's called One Love. My story is not easy to tell and may not be one you would like to hear, but it is about hope. The hope not found in things or others or even self. It's about the living hope that brings freedom, love, and victory, and that produces courage and real joy. My name is Mario, born in El Salvador into a family with Christian values and loving parents. Born to blessings that every child wants to have when growing up. Parents who love you and take the time to nurture you, and teach you about life from early childhood until it is time to leave home. Parents who truly care. I came to Canada in the 90s. It took a while to settle and learn a new language and culture, but now Canada is home and, in my opinion, one of the best countries on the planet. My life throughout high school was normal, what any teenager would want and expect. However, at the age of 17, my desires and expectations changed, and all the values and counsel that my parents had poured into me went out the window. I became very self-centered, selfish, and arrogant. In 1995, I met a friend who eventually became my best friend, then girlfriend, fiancé, and spouse. We had a very up-and-down relationship even through our marriage. A big part of the problem stemmed from something that happened when we were dating that quietly haunted us into our marriage. My girlfriend got pregnant, and we made the decision to abort our babies. Yes, I said babies because we found out they were twins. We carried the decision we'd made about our babies deep in our hearts, and never discussed or mentioned it. The decision to terminate the pregnancy had made sense to us at the time, and no one had the right to question that, as far as we were concerned. Little did we know how wrong we were. My wife and I got married in 1999. We hadn't planned or decided that that was the year we both wanted to tie the knot. The decision was made in a rush, and in the fear of our parents finding out we were expecting again. This time, we had decided to go through with the pregnancy 
and make our relationship work. Looking back, it was a foolish reason to rush into marriage, and that proved to be true as nothing went right, and I mean nothing. After we were finally married and at home with our first baby, everything should have been wonderful. Instead, our marriage was scarred by guilt and a post-abortive syndrome that caused our relationship to be damaged in every possible way. By 2001, we had separated, and within months, we were divorced. Our parents and friends were devastated. Apparently, everyone had looked up to us because we looked so good together and had the appearance of this young, lovely couple. Even though it may have appeared so, that was not the case within the walls of our home and in our secret hearts. It was a wrong view to have of us and a deceiving portrayal of our marriage relationship. Our lives moved in separate directions. There was no hope of reconciliation or any attempt to restore our relationship. During the winter season of 2005, I found myself empty, confused, hopeless, stressed, and broken. No words could describe the state of my life because of the poor choices I was making. I was immersed in drugs, alcohol, the pursuit of worldly success, and sexual immorality. I believed so many lies that seemed to be true at the time. Still, I was continually reminded of the counsel my parents had given me when I was growing up. I began asking God to show me if he truly existed, and if he did, to show himself in a specific way, and he did. I came to know Jesus and experienced redemption. My ex-wife also came to know her Savior. These miracles were the result of the commitment of many believers to pray for us over the years, that we would be saved in Christ and our marriage would be restored for the glory of our awesome God and Father. In the spring of 2005, God forgave us, saved us, and restored us back to himself, and we gave our lives to Christ. Our marriage was restored, and our second child was born. It was quite a journey, and we were awed and amazed to see all that God had done in such a short time. Three years into our marriage, our remarriage, my wife asked me one night if I would seek counsel with her regarding the devastating decision that we had made about our babies. The first thought in my mind was, why would I want to go through that when it is such a painful part of our past? Little did I know then that I was in for some work to be done in my heart. As a result of the conviction that the Spirit of God brought to her heart, my wife decided to enroll in a Christian pregnancy support service program in our city. She had been carrying shame, unforgiveness, anger, unbelief, and guilt in silence for many years. I teared up when she explained the program in detail and asked if I would support her. Immediately, I said yes, not only because my best friend was asking me and because of what I had gone through with her, but also because my eyes were opened 
And I saw the sin I had committed and the grief I had caused my Heavenly Father. Save One by Sheila Harper is a men's study that helped me to deal with the guilt, anger, grief, and shame I had carried deep inside me and refused to talk about for many years. Through the study, I was able to face those feelings and work through them in a healthy way. The symptoms associated with post-abortion stress syndrome, or PAS, had been the strongholds of my heart. I harbored unresolved guilt regarding the abortion of my babies because I had not said anything to anyone or asked for help. I had suppressed the truth about abortion by denying that it was wrong. I re-experienced the abortion through flashbacks whenever an advertisement against abortion was televised, posted, or mentioned. I would often think of God punishing me for the murder of my babies. I remembered the anniversary of the abortion without emotion or feeling. For many years, I was blinded by the deception and numbed by the sin I had committed. On a deep level, the guilt of murdering my babies beat me up and led me to a place of doubting the promises of God. Many times I tried to deny and excuse the immoral choice I had made about my babies, but I suppressed my guilt. I did not want to talk about it or take responsibility for what I had done. Another result of the PAS was my anger. The rage inside my heart was like a wave that would rise up and out of me and then retreat again to just below the surface, always threatening to overflow. It would come and go, inciting outbursts when I saw parents with twins or even pictures of families. Like a volcano, my anger would explode and vomit not lava, but the harshest words towards my best friend and my children. The questions in the study led me to a place where I finally understood where my anger was coming from. Grieving the loss of my babies was also part of the study. The suffering I had endured for many years in silence had to be dealt with. The hidden sorrow had impacted my life and put a strain on my marriage. I could not bring the twins back and make time and space right. Through the study, I discovered the difference between guilt and shame. I learned that guilt says, I made a mistake. And shame says, I am a mistake. Both guilt and shame affected me and had been eating away at the core of my heart. Only heartfelt repentance could replace the guilt. I needed to accept and believe that my Savior had paid for my sin and forgiven me. The shame from Satan's condemnation had to be replaced by the reality that I was forgiven and cleansed by Jesus. I'm not saying that it was easy and accomplished overnight. The process took time and courage as I worked to uncover and share what the accuser was up to that he had been constantly beating me up for all the poor choices I had made. But the living hope found in Christ Jesus is the hope that says to guilt, shame, sorrow, anger, distress, and hopelessness, hit the road. Hope in Christ brings freedom, love, and victory. The freedom Christ offers comes when he removes all our past, 
present, and future sins. He paid the price we owed for our sins on the cross out of love for you and me. Our sin debt was paid for in a single sacrifice through the shedding of his blood, making all who believe in him clean and pure before our Father, who is holy. As it says in Hebrews 12, too, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In 1 Peter 2, 9, he declares us a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that we can proclaim his excellence and shine light and hope into this dark world. His love. Man, where do I begin? Well, that word love is thrown around a lot. We say things like, I love chocolate or I love that team. Countless songs have been written about opposed true love. One in particular I can think of has the phrase, one love. But to that I say there is only one true love that covers over a multitude of sins, as Peter describes in 1 Peter 4.8. The unconditional love shown by God to us in that, while we were still sinners, he showed his love for us, according to Romans 5, verse 8. When someone does something truly sacrificial for us, our instinct is to ask why. Only one answer nails it. God doesn't do love. He is love. And everything he does is a result of who he is. Pause and think for a second. Who in their right mind would look at me at the terrible choice I made to take life away and love me just the way I am? I come with sin, fears, failures, shame, guilt, sorrow, and the list goes on. But Jesus, he has accomplished the great exchange, life in place of death, forgiveness for my sins in place of the wrath of Almighty God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 The fact that I fell short of the glory of God because of my poor choice in not keeping my babies led me to death. As it said in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But he showed up when I asked him, and he will do the same for you, because he has promised that if we believe in him, our sins will be wiped out. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, verse 9. God's promises are true, and his love is true, redeeming love. This kind of love leads to victory. In this victory, you and I experience grace upon grace. This grace is something you and I don't deserve, don't understand, and can't ultimately grasp. But his grace is sufficient for every temptation and difficulty in our daily tasks and circumstances. This is extremely important because the accuser will come and bring the shame, guilt, and sorrow back into our minds when you and I are most vulnerable. That's why our victor has fought the fight. He brings the victory to us through his faithful spirit and his true promises. He will never forsake us or forget us. Rather, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become the children of God. John 1 and 12. When sorrow over the decision to abort our babies threatens to overwhelm me, I claim those promises and I find comfort and peace in the grace and mercy of God. The facts or or events, thoughts or mistakes in our daily lives are not a surprise to God. He knows them all, cares about them all, and wants our hearts to belong to him. After all, he created us. He simply invites us to live by faith in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Ephesians 2, 7 and 8. Life is a gift, and no matter how many times, no matter how often we mess it up by our behavior and choices, God is sovereign over it all. He is love and our sins are covered by the forgiveness and mercy he offers us in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Our seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, and years are in the palm of his hand. He wants us to choose him to accept this gift of peace in him. Now is the time to embrace everything he has to offer us, life, forgiveness, freedom, love, and victory in the midst of our fears, anxieties, and wrongdoings. Whatever happened in our past, he will redeem and use it all if our hearts are set on him. Christ knows our every thought and every desire even before we ask him. Surrender your fears, failures, and sorrows to the living hope, Jesus Christ, and let your heart take hold of and share in the wonderful deeds he is doing. May you choose to live to the glory of our Father and be blessed beyond measure. Another great story by Mario Fuentes called One Love from our book, Unborn Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. If you do not have your copy of this amazing compilation of stories, go to our website, wordstoinspire.ca, go to the shop, and you can make your purchase right there. I pray that you will understand just how much God loves you and just how much he can forgive any sin that we have committed. He wants to restore you to himself, and we would love for you to join our unborn movement. We want to make a difference in the lives of people who have been impacted by the brutality of abortion. Our three pillars are be informed, be involved, and be in prayer. Thanks for joining me today. See you next time. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.